What is going on? Hello. Welcome back to the Riverfront. Oh my goodness, this is the most exciting night to be a fan of the Cincinnati Reds, probably in my entire lifetime, if we're being honest. And I was born in 1926. Um, guys, all right, first of all, this is the, welcome back to the Riverfront. I'm Chad Dotson. Got a, a big crew here tonight. Joe Farsing, your guy from the Riverfront Bengals show is here. Tim Daniel from Late Night Reds here at the Riverfront. And then, of course, our friend Nate Dotson, who uh, is with me every week on the Riverfront. Guys, this was uh, it's, it, this started out being like an Ellie De La Cruz exciting, uh, you know, emergency episode, and now all of a sudden it uh, turned into like, okay, yes, Ellie De La Cruz, but also Matt McLean, but also this Reds team is amazing. I'm gonna here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Tim Daniel first because he's always the uh, positive upbeat guy, and so he's in his zone here today. Tim, what are your thoughts right now after the Reds walk it off against the Dodgers in Ellie De La Cruz's major league debut? The future is here, folks. It is here. If you are not believing now, you'll never believe that this team can make something happen. We've got – look, there was a situation tonight in the fifth inning where the two – the, the three guys coming to bat were Matt McClain, Jonathan India, and Ellie De La Cruz on the major league roster, followed by Tyler Stevens, who, by the way, had a three-hit game tonight, by the way. Um, folks – Live it, love it, enjoy it. It's here. Everything we've been waiting for with all these trades and all these free agent acquisitions and all these minor league prospects we've run about, they're here. And this is beautiful. It's just amazing. Nate, uh, how, about, how about your initial thoughts before we get into some hard-hitting analysis? Tim just touched on what got me so fired up today. On the heels of an Andrew Abbott electric start, we get the Ellie De La Cruz news. I've been waiting to say all day. So you're welcome, viewers. But that 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 rundown, Matt McClain, Jonathan India, Ellie De La Cruz, Spencer Steer, Tyler Stevenson. Those are five guys, four guys, whatever, under 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 26 years old, 25 years old. Yeah. These are kids. These are this is a legitimate youth movement. And then once you get past out Tyler Stevenson, boom, Kevin Newman, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Nate just legitimately uh, named three guys that are potential National League Rookies of the Year on the current roster. Yeah. In the year of our Lord, 2023. It's uh, it's amazing. Joe, come on. Let's hear it. You've always got a hot take for us. I, I, I come with the hottest takes. Um, I mean, honestly, I don't really have anything else to add because, I mean, you, you guys covered it all. I mean, this is what we've been looking for. This is what we've been wanting since, well, yeah, since, since they traded all, you know, traded all the arms and everything uh, last summer. This is the team going forward. Um, might I mean, there's still uh, Chris and Encarnacion uh, Strand, and uh, there's, there's a certain Canadian first baseman that's working down in Louisville too that'll be up at some point. Um, <laughs> I, I'm actually expecting Votto to come up and start mashing uh, when he's healthy, only because why the hell not? Everyone else is hitting the ball well. Um, that isn't the hell. I was going to say Stuart Fairchild, but Fairchild, you know, contributed today. So um, this is just a fun team. And the more fun young guys that are coming up, even better. Um, Ellie De La Cruz and Abbott get called up, and there are going to be two more prospects called up to replace them to Louisville. Um, I, well, Jacob Hurtabisi was the first one called up to Louisville. That won't count him, but, I mean, there, there's <laughs> the, the, the pipe. Good, good job pronouncing Hurtabisi, though. That's, I was going to say. That's not <laughs> Holy moly. I, I, I did some practice on that, but, I mean, 
<laughs> the uh, the pipeline isn't you know the pipeline is still running. I mean, there's there's still guys coming through the system. You've got Phillips, you've got Petty uh, pitching. You still have uh, Noemi Marte and uh, uh, Arroyo and Cam Collier. I mean, those guys are a few years off, but I mean, this is what the crap fest of a hundred lost season is supposed to lead to. Um, put that in with a crappy division, and I mean, we were talking out of, off air before we came on, like. This is a winnable division. The Reds will be playing meaningful games in September with a bunch of kids, uh, guys that weren't able to buy alcohol a couple years ago. I mean, Elliot just turned 21, you know, a few months ago. I mean, th- these guys are absolute babies. They and might be 15 games under 500 and leading the division by three games. And I am <laughs> hey. here for it. <laughs> hey, Bring it Ted, on. Yeah. Ted, how are you feeling? You've been listening to us go. What are you? Yeah. All right. Well, first of all, first of all, I got to say this. Uh, hey, to here. answer the. <laughs> to answer, uh, first of all, I shepherd 16. Am I supposed to go to sleep after that game? You listen to us. That'll put you to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Welcome, Pat Magooch, uh, longtime friend of the show. Pat He's Magooch. on time this week. All right. He was he was late Sunday. He was late Sunday. Um, <laughs> so here are my thoughts. You know, it's kind of funny because this week, uh, Joe mentioned him briefly, but Andrew Abbott started uh, – uh, Monday night's game against Milwaukee and the only game they won in that series. And, you know, Andrew Abbott is, I'm, you all know, if you listen to the show, I'm just, I'm ludicrous about the university of Virginia guys. And he pitched for UVA. And, and the last time I saw him pitch a full game was in the college world series. He beat Tennessee. Um, I, I may have had a bet with a, uh, a certain father of a, former University of Tennessee player on the Reds roster uh, about that game. Uh, that's a story that I probably shouldn't go into, but I just did. Um, anyway, I won the bet because there, Ed- Edward. Right. <laughs> and Andrew Abbott was amazing. And so when he was drafted by the Reds, I thought it was fantastic. So he comes up to the big leagues. He doesn't give up a hit until the fifth inning of his debut. He, uh, you know, pitches six innings, one hit baseball, shutout baseball. <laughs> I think, Guys, this is the story. This is the prospect story of the week. I'm excited. I'm talking to my editor. That's what I wrote about for Cincinnati Magazine this week. They they publish it online. And 42 minutes later, the Reds call up Ellie De La Cruz. And nobody cares about Andrew Abbott. Uh, I'm just telling you, this is a, uh, it's a, it's a fun, uh, again, how many times do we say it? They may not be good. But they're interesting. Yeah. And not only interesting, but guys like Abbott. Guys like McLean and now Elliot LaCruz are just fun, just flat out fun. And um, we'll, we we'll sure get into a li- Well, yeah, we're kind of sure. I, 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 they, I don't think they're good, yeah. but they may not be bad. I mean, if, if that makes progress. sense, you know. Progress. Yeah, I mean, it's it's progress. And it's so, watchable. well, the Reds ticket website went down today. <laughs> um, it didn't look like it on TV, though. It didn't, but it's still fun to see some actual excitement. I, uh, here's what I'll, I'll toss to all of you all. Um, do you remember a time when Cincinnati was so excited for a prospect? And, and maybe it's because it's been so bad lately, and so we get this guy on top, uh, you know, after a 100-loss season. But I remember some great prospects. Maybe we'll, I'll let you all mention them uh, coming up. I remember some excitement around them. I don't remember any kind of excitement like the dude got a standing ovation before his first pitch in the big leagues. So um, I guess let's just go in the same order. Tim, any 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 thoughts? Do you remember a guy? So I have somehow have managed to be at multiple big league debuts for like the the prospect the last couple of years. Um, I was Me at too. Bill- I was at I was 
I was at Sal Romano's big league debut. Oh yeah, how could you forget right his family? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exciting. I was at a, I was at Billy Hamilton's big league debut when he got the steal off mm-hmm. Yachty when he pinch ran and they like threw over like thirteen times. That was pretty oh, exciting. Was um, I was at Nick Senzel's debut, which was like coming in looked like it was going to be this like unbelievable story. Wait a minute, Tim. Tim, I was there that game as well. I don't remember you saying hello to me that night. Um, you you were unfollowed me on Twitter at that point. You and your brother. So, <laughs> um, so but no, man, like uh. The fact that it was a surprise, like, I'm not saying that if they didn't announce it yesterday, that it wouldn't have been as exciting. But, like, the fact that, like, I'm, like, not texting and driving when I'm at a stoplight today and I get the notification on my phone and I scream in my car on the way back from the gym. I was not texting and driving. I just so happened to see it pop up on my phone. My daughter wasn't in the car. It's okay. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, for me, I don't, I don't recall a prospect jay's the closest in my lifetime jay was the closest but that wasn't the the, the right part, prime of the social media media era either like we have this day we're watching louisville bats games on tv every day we're watching paul bunyan chop down these trees an hour and a half away from cincinnati six days a week this is um it, it's the most exciting i mean it's the most excitement that i personally had about cincinnati reds team don't get me wrong there have been moments there have been some fun things to watch over the last decade but it's been clinchments for me that was the last time that i was as jazzed up over something in cincinnati um compared to the way i was tonight it was just incredible and the way that it went from this crappy series against the brewers where we thought that the team was going to have a chance to make a push not just for contention but to be first place in the division they limp through that andrew abbott saves the day and then this happens it's, it's, it's too much. Yeah, I, I Joe, you're a local tell. guy. You're a local guy. Do you remember any anything approaching this in, in your lifetime? The only person, and everyone's looking forward to uh, to Jay Bruce. I mean, he was the number one prospect coming into this season. And, you know, it was, I mean, I mean, he was even more of a, I don't say known quantity, but I mean, he, he was more of a sure thing than even Ellie was because, uh, you know, he was assumed to have a higher floor. Uh, but the only one that I can think of that I had even remotely the same amount of um excitement for was adam dunn and oh yeah going back i mean that was 2001 i mean so that's you know you're going back 22 years i mean that that, i mean you talk about a guy that absolutely tore up the minor leagues i mean check out his uh yeah 44 uh absolutely just tore up the you know tore up double a tore up triple a before he got called up very handsome Um, too what's that very handsome also yeah he decided to be a rookie the same year as that uh, Albert Pujols guy. You know, yeah. uh, other than that, he might have won a rookie of the year. Maybe. What's funny is I remember this was an article written by Peter Gammons after the season. Um, he said Albert Pujols may have won the rookie of the year, but this will be the year that uh, we remember that Adam Dunn was called up. Obviously, that was not right, but I mean, this was, I mean, this was the but, this was the hype. Yeah, I mean, this was. I mean, and he, he was that huge of a prospect. And it's funny, he wasn't even the Red Stop prospect. Austin Kearns wasn't. If he hadn't gotten injured, he would have been. Austin Kearns would have been a right-handed Larry Walker if he wasn't uh, – if, if he didn't get hurt. Good but, um, In terms of excitement for, you know, um, for the team in general, I, I guess maybe clinchment. Like, I, I don't – I can't really think of anything. I mean, even 2012, the team won 97 games and, you know – what the second best record in the National League, but that was a really good team. But it, it wasn't that you know, it was just hey, this is a good team that's going to win yeah. a lot of games. It wasn't like this flashpoint of excitement. 
So yeah, and there was never, never that 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 moment. I'll yeah. talk in just a moment about the excitement in the stadium and the, and the last time I saw that. But first, in terms of debuts, again, first of all, I'm a, a nothing if not a shameless promoter. My newsletter that's coming out tomorrow, ChadDotson.com. Go subscribe to the Substack. Anyway, um, but I, I I sort of try to work through this in my mind. And and Jay Bruce was one. You know, I was in New York. Actually, Jay Bruce had uh, after he played about 20 games or so. And I happened to be in New York for the series between the Yankees and the Reds. And I literally saw four people wearing Jay Bruce shirts in Times Square. I saw Reds hats everywhere. And I thought, this is weird. This is a different level of excitement over a kid. I mean, he's the number one prospect in baseball, like like uh, Ellie. But it wasn't quite the same. Yeah. Um, the other guy that I thought of was Homer Bailey, because some people forget. But Homer Bailey's debut, I remember – uh, and, and we wrote about this in, in the book, but there were there was a billboard on I-75 between Louisville and Cincinnati mm-hmm. with Homer Bailey and a flaming baseball. And it was uh, – I mean, it was a big deal. And that was kind of coming off um, – you know, some, some well, Jay Bruce as well was 2008, and so the Reds had not been good for a little while. So there's a little bit of the similar vibe that we have now with the Reds have not been good, but now we have this great guy. But I, I just – I don't think I – Again, I wish I, I wish I were in the park. I know I've been boycotting yeah. this stupid team. I wish I were in the park because it just seemed electric. The way that the park was silent during the pitches in Elliott Cruz's first at bat, everyone was watching. And for me, the only time I can remember that kind of electricity, the last time I remember it, was uh, – and again, we talked about this a little bit before, before we started because we're all kind of trying to think back. For me, it was uh, Todd Frazier's home run derby uh, because the stadium was insane that day. It was just – it's the loudest I've ever heard that stadium. Yeah, and I was there for clinchmas. But in terms of a regular season game, probably, probably clinchmas 2010. And that is crazy. We're talking 13 years ago. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. You all, you all have some other thoughts? The only one I could think of, and this is not a GABP, is opening day 2000 when Griffey has his first at bat. And oh, the world goodness, was still yeah. like, you know, I said on the show this week, that like you can say what you will about when Ken Griffey Jr. how his tenure with the Reds worked out, you cannot take away the joy and feeling we all felt in that trade. I mean, I was ten years old, and yeah. it's like one of my favorite days of my childhood. So when he stepped in the batter's box at Riverfront for the first time, just like that whole like seeing him in the jersey, I, it's the only thing I can compare this to, and I still think this was bigger. You were ten, ten years old. Yes. <laughs> All right. That's legit though. Well, let's let's go through some of you know Ellie's um his at bats and how this all went down. Um Tony Gossel was so scared. What do, you, what do you think the odds would have been for a first pitch walk for Ellie Dale Cruz, especially when we started 01? I mean and then down one two. Yeah. And he one sat two there count. and laid off pitch, yeah. laid off pitches that he had already swung at. It was well, a professional at bat and the big cat Gotson looked a little, looked a little scared. scared. He was scared of him. His first, the first pitch, there were two runners on base. First pitch, it looked to me like Ellie was a little bit, he was eager. And I thought, oh no, here we go. He's a rookie. He wants to do something in this situation. Cause he swung at a pitch outside of the zone. And then he got down one, two, but there were like three straight pitches that were exactly like that first one that he swung and missed at. And he held off. And that's when I started thinking, first of all, let me, uh, let me let, before I say, I need to shout out our buddy James Urban, who said this is the most red, Reds fun Reds team in a while, no doubt about it. Yes, and then Mister Juan, Mister Juan, 
Is Chad more excited about Andrew Abbott or Elliot De La Cruz? Oh, it's Andrew Abbott, obviously, because Elliot De La Cruz didn't even go to the University of Virginia. So um, he would still be there, actually. He'd still be playing there. He's such a kid. <laughs> but, but anyway, back to, back to that first at bat. When he laid off those pitches, when the moment wasn't too much for him, you know, you, you would expect any rookie to get a little excited, to uh, maybe overswing a little bit. He did. Well, and I don't know just, what y'all thought, but he looked nervous on the TV screen. He, he you think looked so? like the moment was a lot. <laughs> The first inning, yeah, the first inning when Mookie hits that ball to him and it bounces out of his glove, you know, it kind of looked like it was like just kind of nerves for a second, and then he kind of got settled in. It, it seemed like he very he was very much aware of the gravity of the moment, and he still handled it with poise. It was crazy to see. But then the first time he got a fastball anywhere near the zone, and I think he fouled it off. And I think Gonson saw that bat speed and was like, oh, well, there's – there's no beating this guy. All breaking balls inside from here. <laughs> yeah. So, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll have well, to defer to your guys' uh, judgment on the first four bats. I was uh, coaching my my kids' game. I, I, I legitimately had a thought of just forfeiting the game, um, and 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 I, <laughs> sorry, coach, we don't have enough players. And then tell my families, oh, they 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 couldn't make it. We'll try to schedule. <laughs> try to make it up. <laughs> well, I, I love it. True fandom right there. Yeah. There you go. So second at bat. Second at bat. Okay, so he walks in his first at bat to load the bases and ends up coming around and scoring in his first big league uh, time on base. Second at bat, he gets down 0-2 immediately. And, okay, well, what's going on here? You know, I, uh, we're hanging on every pitch. He gets a pitch that's like three inches out of the strike zone. It's It's above the strike zone. The dude turns on it, hits it into right center field, 112 miles per hour excellent velocity off the bat. And, oh, yeah, by the way, hardest hit ball by a Cincinnati Reds batter all year long in his second at bat. It's a double. And here's the part that I want you all to, to talk about, those of you that saw it. He got that in. It was a double. It's a double for everyone except for me. I might get thrown out at first base. But when he came out of that batter's box – I thought he's thinking triple. He's thinking triple. I watched the replay a couple of times, and yeah, he was. He turned he, the he corner. Was test him. Yeah, he, he, it, it was in his mind. Absolutely. That to me is the most exciting. No, it's not the most exciting thing, but it's one of the most exciting things about this kid is that the dude. I don't. Know, he just makes things happen. He's just. He's it's it so many times. Go it's a hundred and sixty-two game season, and I don't care what level you are. You want to take any opportunity you can to rest your body a little bit. And Ellie De La Cruz does not let you. You cannot take a second off, much less a play. Um, a couple things. One, that pitch that he swung at for that hit. Thank God he swung at it because the umpire decided he was going to call that a strike for the rest of the game. <laughs> that guy true. might be fired before he gets home today. That was brutal. Um, second, I want to go back to that first plate appearance. Not the plate appearance, but afterwards when he got on base. Did y'all see that he caught – up to Matt McClain when he scored, scored that run. I was going to pass that. him. <laughs> I did too. I was like, oh, goodness. And Matt McClain is crazy fast. Yes. It's yeah. not like Matt McClain is Joey Votto. Yeah. Sorry, Joey. We love you. But, yeah, that was that was crazy. So, But I, there's going to be some time, and it's probably going to happen in the next week or two, 
where there's going to be a ball that's a little blooper or something that you kind of like uh, Matt McClain's first hit that he, he, he turned into a double. There's going to be some time when there's no one else in baseball would get a double or a triple off this. And Elliot Ella Cruz is going to come flying out of the box and get it. And we're all going to be like, what did we just watch? Yeah. It's a comic. It's a comic book superhero. He runs with the same reckless abandon that Billy Hamilton ran with. And just the, like, he's, aggressive he has his like sights on that extra base every time i mean did you, you guys saw the crazy crap from uh the other day in louisville that, that you know he yeah took third on, he took third on adam duvall who's got an arm yeah and then when the, and then they throw a second behind him and shortstop's looking the other way and he decides to break off break for home and straight and to second base crazy, like he's going to he's he's going to have a couple two plans because he's going to try to be over aggressive but he's going to create more runs than he's going to give away well, the, the Reds have been aggressive on the base pass all season, so he's just yeah. going to fits right in. You know, amplify that yep. by an exponential amount, and he already has the first and third highest sprint speeds of a Red this year. Yeah, <laughs> the guy has been a professional <laughs> baseball player for thirty nine minutes. <laughs> he's unfreaking believable. You know, it's it's crazy. The guy I compare him to the most is Eric Davis. I just and number forty four, tall and and thin, and so you know it's kind of some of that is, am I really you know awesome. is he really like that guy? Yeah. Um, but I mean he's got he's got power like another forty four Adam Dunn, but from both sides of the plate, he can run like Billy Hamilton. Um, he defensively, I mean he's Eric Davis or you know uh, at shortstop Barry Larkin. I mean. We are way overhyping this guy. We have to be way overhyping this guy. There's no way he's as good as all these great players, and he's played one game in the big leagues. But I, I've never felt this way about any player that emerged on the red scene. I just, yeah. and you're I'm also an old forgetting. Guy. You're also forgetting he throws harder than another former 44 of the Reds, Mike Leake. Yeah. Mike Leake. Oh, <laughs> I think I threw harder than Mike Leake. Um, right. I've been saying this all week that the hype for him, like there is no way – that anybody can live up to the hype that we're, you know, that, that we expect, you know, you know that, that everyone's expecting from him, except I think he's somehow going to exceed it. If that makes sense. Like th it's impossible. To Is that live possible? Up to I, I, I don't know. I mean, we're expecting him to, to save the, you know, to save the world. But it's possible because we're talking about a sport where failure seven out of 10 times is acceptable and praised. And this guy can not only do that, but he also does things on a baseball diamond that nobody's ever seen before. Yeah. And, and, and like uh, Zachary McGee said, um, yeah, he's got Adam Dunn power, Billy Hamilton speed. He is a video game character. I mean, he's taking a player in the show and ramping up all of the sliders to 99. He runs faster than anybody. He throws faster than anybody. He hits harder than anybody. I mean, this is a mutant created in a lab and he's the rest. Well, um, he's ours. Let me ask you all. Let me ask you all this, though. OK, because I 100 percent agree. For the first time, literally in my life, I 100% agree with everything Joe Farsing just said. But, Same. Dark side. Yeah. Welcome so to the So it's an exciting night. But let me ask you this. Jay Bruce was number one prospect in baseball. Jay Bruce had a great career. He's a Reds Hall of Famer. I, I, there's nothing about Jay Bruce's career in my mind that you should be disappointed about. But in the mind of some fans, he was a disappointment because he never quite became a baseball Hall of Famer. Um, you know, are we are we overhyping so much that he? There's no way he could live up to these expectations. Nate, I'll, I'll ask you this one. 
that's a tough one because we are going to overhype it. We're going to continue. Over, literally, we're comparing him to Benny the Jet Rodriguez. <laughs> Pat Magooch is spitting gospel over here. Spitting fire tonight. Um, I guess that's the weirdest thing about all this for me is in sports, we love to do this. With prospects, we love to do this. Um, NBA comp is Victor Wimbanyama, this uh, this number one draft. I, the draft I started to mention up. him. Yes. A unicorn. Yeah, um, Woj, Woj in the NBA said that he's literally the best prospect in the history of sports. So I, I threw this out on Twitter a few weeks back. I'm like, he has more holes in his game than Ella De La Cruz does. So yeah, <laughs> we are gonna we are gonna overhype this guy. But I think the the, the odds of him like his his floor is so freaking high. And I used to think that wasn't the case. I used to think he was incredibly high ceiling. Fairly low floor, high degree of variance guy. Yeah. And I'm not there anymore. After watching those tools, watching that bat speed, watching his patience and his poise and his first Oh, my God, the bat, bat speed. I, I I don't think there's anything he can't do. And, you know, good Lord willing, the creek don't dry. This guy has potential to be the greatest red we've ever seen. Potential. <laughs> I'm not saying it is. But he's got the tools. What guy, I love better, what guy has better, better tools than this guy? No one, I, I, no one I've seen in my lifetime, Tim. Yeah, I totally agree. But like, this goes back to like, yeah, we are like saying these comments. We know how this crazy they sound when they come out of our mouth. We say them into these microphones, but also like, damn it. We deserve this happiness for tonight. Okay. Like we <laughs> a million percent deserve this after a hundred loss season last year. This was like on my show you know, last week. I was like, look, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. I don't care. Like you've got all these guys coming up. You have the talent. The central is there for the taking. Go for it. And like, this is why these moments right here, guys like him, Joe said it earlier. Christian Carlos, you know, Strand is like the final piece of the Thanos gauntlet, right? He's like the last, like, gemstone. Like, he's last, the last infinity stone of these prospects. Is Andrew Rabbit's up? Hunter Green's up? You know, what about with Nicola Dolo and, um, what if Nicola Dolo gets healthy again? What if Graham Ashcraft figures out this little slump he's in? How much does that raise the ceiling? Guys, how about the bullpen tonight? Oh, my God. We're not talking about them enough. Speaking yeah, of people sure. we aren't talking about enough, we haven't mentioned Hunter Green once tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, That's and a he's riverfront record. Most, he's the most polished of all these young guys. Yeah. I, I uh, again, and I'll kick it to you, Joe, in just a second here, but I put together a little uh, outline for tonight's show that we've completely ignored because we're just uh, – it's dreamy walk off win by the We're Reds. Diving. I keep looking six at six run people. comeback against the Dodgers. Yeah. Okay. Down eight like, three walk off win. It's just a fun night. And there's so much we could say about Ella De La Cruz and the Cardinals but, lost again. Uh, oh my goodness. It's just amazing. Um, but I guess, I guess the thing I'm the Hunter Green mentioned to me was I started in the outline. The reason I mentioned that is well, I said, well, let's just, it's going to be a prospect episode. We're going to, we're going to go about LA. Andrew Abbott was great last night. You know, Matt McClain just continues to be amazing. He got the big hit tonight. Um, and so I put that together, and then I <laughs> I thought you I was also done with it when they were down eight to four. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. But I, I I stopped editing that thing for at a moment. I said, Well, that's that's enough to talk about. And then I thought, how did I literally not even write Hunter Green's name in this outline? I mean, it's Hunter Green. He's like the center, the yeah. guy they've already signed. The centerpiece to this thing. So, yeah, there are questions about Graham Ashcraft and Nick Lodolo, obviously. There are questions about all these guys. Um, 
I think the one thing I'll say is, and, and before I kick it to you, Joe, is with respect to Ellie, I think I agree, and I'm going to probably be made to look stupid by this comment, but I think the literally the only thing that keeps him from uh, – oh, for, first of all, I love me some uh, Tyler Stevenson. So, uh, so James great, Urban. Great Kuda, night. Great night. Big night by uh, by uh, Tyler Stevenson. Um, if you're not following us live or if you're listening to this later, um, man, we're having a good time. Thanks for the for the comments. But No alcohol on camera. We're uh, just happy. Well, <laughs> um i said on camera nate there we go uh so but the only th i think i agree we, we've talked a lot about his floor that that Elia de la cruz is sealing his way up here but his floor we don't know where it is <clears throat> and I, I really hesitate to say this because i've gotten burned on this crap before uh, but i think the only thing that stop um, don't, don't 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 finish i'm not gonna say i shouldn't say COVID, you know where i'm going COVID. Stop. covid stop no only COVID is it, out there. Is injury. Only Thanos and Thanos. That, that, that's the only <laughs> injury about. and Thanos. And I know Hunter Green yelled at me on Twitter one time about this. But. Oh, God, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't want to speak it into existence. But, uh, I mean, I just. I, when, I, when I've seen how he's made the adjustments in the minors, every time he needed to make an adjustment, it makes me think, all right, at his age, he's able to do that. He's the real deal. And yeah. he's going to have some struggles in the big leagues, but I, I, I'm a true believer. Joe, uh, again, I don't know. I've said a bunch of crazy things. Go ahead and say whatever you want. You've not talked in a while. I need to hear your lovely voice. That you are the first time in history to say you need to hear my voice. <laughs> um, Hunter Green is still 23 years old for another two months. That's bad crap crazy. Um, it, they, they showed his last 18 starts. I think he's pitched like 36 games. Yeah. Uh, first 18 versus last 18. And last 18 starts. Um, he's been a number two. He's number two. Oh, there you go. Keep going. Um, like his last 18, like he's looking like a number two starter. Obviously, he's got the high upside to be a number one. But, I mean, Hunter Green is that guy already that guy that we were hoping that he was going to be. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And, yeah, I was yes. – I was like, uh, like Nate said, like there was still a huge variance of what we thought De La Cruz could be versus, you know, where he will be. I mean, he obviously has as high of a ceiling as anybody. Um, the only reason that he wasn't number one prospect in everybody's list was because of his uh, floor is lower. Um, until he turns out that he's Joseph Daniel Votto, the Dominican version of. Well, I'm just going to decide to do this. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to decide. I'm just going to start taking walks and working counts. So he's just going to start taking walks and work counts and be a high on base guy and cut a strike. Reminds out. me that man. That time that Larry, Larry reminds me of that time Larry Bird just decided to shoot left-handed for an entire half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, like Ellie Cruz can just decide to do things now. Yeah, um, <laughs> like like so, right right now his the I don't want to say only weakness, but um, the area of concern is his contact percent uh uh versus uh, lefty so you know from the right side um it's like 53 percent like it, it's pretty low well I, i'm yeah you have to, you have to throw out stats that literally nobody understands to find yeah, I, I mean yeah it's, uh, <laughs> basically he struggles to make contact versus uh lefties but that, that's i guarantee that's mostly due to just lack of uh, a lot of plate appearances because there just aren't as many lefties um yeah. oh good lord no no that's no <laughs> Nick Crawl is a man. He's not the man. Um. <laughs> let, me, 
Let me let me say this to, to go back to uh, to Nate's point. The the point I think when I turned the corner on De La Cruz to win, I was like, he's amazing, but I'm not really to, I'm not ready to really truly 100% buy in. Was you know he he made a he, there was this moment where he was getting criticized. This happened actually two straight years. He was getting criticized for not taking enough walks, and his quote was, "Well, I just decided to stop swinging at pitches outside of the strike zone." <laughs> it's that easy. <laughs> how do you right? How do you do that? I mean, this game is hard, and he just is, and and it's not just him saying something; it's the actual truth. He literally, on a dime, decided, "Well, I'm gonna make him pitch to me." And so, yeah, it's just, um, it's amazing. Dwight Kelly has a has a, a question. I hopped in a little late. First of all, where were you? You guys cover that strike zone yet? That ump was awful. Yes, we we yeah we covered um, that and. No. Where would you guys, if you guys had the power rank right now, just off the top of your head, just off the cuff, where does that rank in David Bell ejection moments? Because that was elite. That was that was incredible. Yeah. Like when he's like doing the whole hand gesture and you know what he's saying because you can, he didn't say fudge is the reference we're saying here. I, I, I can't wait. To, I didn't see it happen because I was at the game, but um, uh, I can't wait. I'm, I guarantee they'll break it down on John Boy. Oh, they, they, yeah. they do an awesome job of lip reading, so I, I can't wait to watch that because he he gets he gets his money's worth. Yeah, and he got his money's worth. My first thought was, this guy is as energized about the L.A. De La Cruz era as we are because yeah. he was, I and mean, we've seen him get ejected a billion times. <laughs> but there was something different about tonight. I mean, this guy was into it, and um, I don't know. He, you know, we're he was teaching this, but he was teaching Ellie some big league f bombs, and I think that's important. <laughs> you got to learn how to curse at the big yeah, league level. Yeah, he didn't get a lot of time in Louisville either, so he barely got any big triple A cursing experience. I hey thought you know, might have thrown him out because he uh, you know, keeps playing Kevin Newman. <laughs> that's sorry, fair. sorry. Prospects only. Prospects only. It's fair. Um, so completely fair. Off, I got to mention real quick, the Reds changed their bio on their Twitter account to say Ellie De La Cruz fan account. So they're, uh, they're one of us. Hashtag one of us. And um, I had to make sure I mentioned this name to Chad because I need to see Chad's reaction to um, a guy who wore number 30 tonight, almost tied the game up on a two-run homer, uh, had a huge hit. Uh, I think you know him as Will Benson? That was Norris Hopper. Will <laughs> Travis Wood. You know, I've taken some I've taken some crap over Will Benson this season. I went I, I got out of Ruskies and I told everybody in, in spring training and early that I and early in the season that I was so excited about the guy. And then he laid an egg in his first, you know, he he was on the opening day roster and he was not good. But I was like, okay, you guys can get me now, but Will Benson's not done. And he went to the triple A and he was awful at first. Um, I thought that hit that uh, ball tonight. It I was a loud was out, yeah. but I thought he had, I thought he had a home run. I did too. And the dude gets on base. The dude is you, all right. Let me ask you this question. You tell me, Jason Hayward was playing for the Dodgers tonight. It's his twenty eighth season in the big leagues. You tell me how Will Benson is not as good as as Jason. He is Jason Hayward, and that's not a, that's a productive big leaguer. That's a, I, pretty, that's a pretty fair comment. That's his. I think that's his seventy fifth percentile like landing spot is Jason Hayward's career. Same that's size, a, you know. This huge. is a question that I threw out on Twitter and got a decent response. It's like if Will Benson is a guy, if he's a guy, the guy, guy that I think he is, yes. 
then what does that do to all these projected lineups that Reds fans have been throwing out every day? Because not a single one has mentioned Will Benson in the starting role. Yeah, if he replaces the Jake Fraley or the TJ Friedel. You know, heaven forbid. Then this team gets. I mean, replace those Newman, Ramos, Casali at bats with my man Stuart Fairchild, Benson's and Arnold Strands and Vados and Joey Vados. Please, yes. Jo- let's not forget Please. Joseph Daniel. We might Ever. not need starting pitching because they can just put up 18 runs a game. <laughs> Bro, it's going to be uh, the real-life version of that old video game MLB Slugfest. It's just yeah. going to be the Reds, just straight bombs. We, we, we saw that for the uh, middle part of the early 2000s. It, it, <laughs> it didn't end so well when your ace was uh, Eric, love everyone Eric Milton. Yeah, you know, he was nobody's ace. Um, but yeah, Aaron Harang and uh, Bronson Arroyo. I mean, those were entertaining teams, but those, you know, now we, we, we still want some starting pitching. Hey, you yeah. know what's uh, you know what's pretty cool? So that long, Pat McGooch, by the way. Pat McGooch, see Sunday, Pat. Go. Yeah, ask Good mom where the meatloaf is. Ask mom where the yeah. meatloaf is. Mom, <laughs> sorry, anyway, that's a <laughs> wedding crashers reference. Go ahead, Nate. What's pretty cool is that one week ago. All Reds Twitter cared about for a day or two was getting Spencer Steer at the top of the Rookie of the Year odds. Spencer Steer, a guy we've barely talked about, also a rookie, (laughs) also a highly productive hitter. Playing great. Rookie of the Month in May. Yeah. Matt McClain was National League Player of the Week his second week in the big leagues. These guys play for our team. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. When was the last time the Reds had this – collection of young talent there's many good young players at the same time mid 80s so, granted we have no idea all the caveats right all of them could flame out that's how baseball works the, 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 the baseball history books are chock full of people that just did not pan out but when was the last time a red team had this much high upside talent i, I honestly think mid 80s with um uh, davis was the jonathan india the guy that was here a little bit early um then you had lark and you cal had daniels yeah, exactly. Kalmowski Danos, that dude could hit, man. Um, I mean, even Jeff Treadway was uh, was a dude coming up. I mean, these guys that yeah. didn't, you know, still well and Treadway didn't amount to a ton, and they were traded away. But I mean, help Paul O'Neill. Uh, I, I, I don't think they had any pitchers, but I mean, that See, that was I think the last time there's this much. Maybe 2010 ish when you had Votto and Bruce and Cueto and Bailey. Well, and, so you yeah. think about but, that group, Joe, is those guys wasn't like they all kind of came up at once, right? It was yeah. like, oh, wait, it was Jay and Johnny. Yeah. Oh, no, like Joey was 07. Yeah. You know, they traded for Brandon 06. Yeah. Drew comes up in 09. It was yeah. and Chapman comes up in 10. Yeah. It wasn't like now where it's like in the span of 14 months. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In 14 you months, get, you've seen Hunter, Grand, Lodolo. Half your roster's turned over to Alexis freaking Diaz. Yeah. yeah. Lord, I mean, that, that guy's too much. Another guy we have to about. Yeah. yeah. And this is the thing for me when we talk about they may not be good, but man, all these guys you're talking about, these guys are taking plate appearances from the Matt Reynolds types. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. we still have Kevin Newman getting some, but they're not the taking fewer... any plate appearances away from Kevin Newman. Right. <laughs> There's no one in, well, ever. Kevin Newman is the Kyle Farmer of, uh, of the current team. Um, Kyle I'm Farmer, ship, shoot, ship, skip Schumacher. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, here, but but my th- my thing is this. Okay, so we're we're there's we talk about Will Benson and oh boy, if he pans out. But there are there's some this lineup 
you can squint a little bit and see, oh my goodness, this is this could be amazing. Um, I haven't given up on Nixon Zell, who's on the IL now, but if if Nixon Zell is your uh, you know, a bench guy Platoon who can play six six different positions. I don't know. That's that's not bad. But you know, we've we've talked all year about how this pitching rotation is. I don't know. I and mean, we have the big three, and they've been up and down, like you expect mm-hmm. young pitchers to be. But where four and five? You know, what are we going to do? Four and five, and you know, Luke Weaver is okay for this year, whatever. But he's not. He he ain't it. No. And uh, and some of the other guys we've seen, but. Brandon Williamson, you know, can, can Brandon Williamson be a fit number five starter? Yeah, maybe Andrew Abbott as your number four starter. Now, again, this is requiring green Lodolo Ashcraft Abbott Williamson, all the pan out and all prospects don't pan out. But if they did, that's, you you know, five, five young arms, young guys, right. All, all with talent, all battling each other for that one through five spot. Five guys that all think they can be that guy and not these Luke Weavers, Ben Livelys. You know, all the respect in the world of those guys, fan of both of them, but they are exceeding expectations. Even Luke Weaver and his 6.3 ERA, better than I thought he was going to do. Yeah, they're pitching their butts off. Yeah. This yeah. is not the same thing. But this kind of goes back to what I was saying. Kudos to Ben Lively. The dude yeah. has been great. I, I've, I've loved it and love his story. But mm-hmm. I like watching a team where it's a guy like Brandon Williamson, who I have a little bit of hope about. I'd rather see that guy pitch. You know, kind of like uh, we talk about Kevin Newman. I want to see a guy other than and, and a Matt Reynolds. I'd rather see some guy that we got some hope about. I'd rather see Will Benson, and maybe he fails. But that's why this team is so fascinating to me. Yeah. There's there's a lot of unknowns. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's fun to kind of see where they're going. A- am I crazy, we, or is this the most fun we, Reds team in 10 years? Both. We did an – off-season episode where we were talking about what what would have to break correctly for the Reds to contend for a playoff spot for Walker, or just to even be moderately good. And we came down on the offensive side to them having seven guys. It seems like having about seven guys with an OPS plus over 100 to even have a chance at contending for a wild card spot. Well, the Reds have five right now, five regular players with an OPS plus over 100. And that's without a Christian Encarnacion's friend. That's without a Joey Votto. And that's without a guy like Tyler Stevenson doing anything. So on the offensive side of the ball, the Reds are are, are like middle of the pack to better in scoring runs and the very, very bottom of the league and hitting home runs. Like there is a lot of ground to be gained there. So if if this pitching staff, if they can find five major league pitchers, Around this rotation, the bullpen's been nails. Yeah, yeah. I love no, getting on, get him over, get him in. Yeah, oh, man, it's been so much fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you need home run hitters to be more consistent, you know, because guys are going to hit. You know, that part. Guys are going to slumps. They need someone, and like it, basically, they need one of the young guys in uh, De La Cruz or Encarnacion Strand, because I Steer isn't like Steer's going to be a twenty-five home run guy. Um, India is a 20 home run guy, Fraley, 20 home run guy. Then the other guys, you know, they'll provide pop, but you know, you need that hammer in the middle of your lineup. Um, I think De La Cruz and Strand will be that guy sooner than later, but as much fun as being aggressive on the bases, station to station, first to third, second to home, you know, um, 
that's not sustainable. This isn't the uh, mid eighties Whitey Herzog Cardinals when Tommy Herr hit had a hundred RB or 101 RBIs with uh, or 110 RBIs, whatever it was a ton of RBIs with like nine home runs or something crazy. But um, yeah, there's. First, I, I'm sorry. Screw. I gotta say this. Screw Whitey Herzog. How dare you mention him on my show? First of all, because I, I don't I was like the guy, but that th- that was that was that team's identity. It was, but but I was there in 1988 when he was the manager of the National League All-Star team. You mean when he left all the Reds on the bench? And he, Chris Sabo was a rookie that made the All-Star team, and he let Bobby Bonilla play the entire game at third yeah. base. The whole All-Star game. Yeah. He let Chris Sabo run, uh, pinch run. So, screw the Cardinals. Screw Whitey Herzog. Screw Tommy Hur, Screw Willie McGee. Um, screw Jack Clark. Screw all of them. What about Terry Pendleton? He played for the Reds. Mm, he was an Vince MVP Coleman. Halfway, th- halfway, halfway yeah, there you go. <laughs> Former Red Vince Coleman. Fire, uh, firecracker Vince. <laughs> I, got a, I got a question for you guys. Trade deadline. Reds are somewhere within that three to five games out range or better. Cincinnati Reds, buyers or sellers? Buyers. Neither. Um, both. I mean, I uh, – Will Myers will be shipped out for That's a the one trade ticket. you can probably make. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin Newman. Uh, they're going to need to. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Newman's going to have to go. He, he's not. Yeah, but, but who's going to give up anything for Kevin Newman? You'll get a lottery ticket. I mean, they got a lottery ticket for Brandon Drewer. That's, uh, was it Victor Acott? Like the guy, they yeah. Got, he turned out to be a, like, he's got a hell of a lot of promise. But Brandon Drury was an all star. Brandon Drury was playing well. Well, but. And I mean, he's currently but, playing well. But Brandon Drury is also Brandon Drury. He has Brandon Drury's. Baseball card numbers behind him, which made him a little though. bit better than Kevin. Newman. You're not wrong. Yeah, no, uh, you're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I think those guys will go, and um, and and yeah, I, I honestly think that there's a chance that they will uh, trade some of the surplus. Um, I, I, I'm not expecting it, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were to look to deal uh, uh, Noel Marte, um, or maybe um, Evan uh, Arroyo. Christian Arroyo. I, I don't think uh, Cam Collier, but I mean that that's why you accumulate these guys. You, they're they're not gonna have spots for all these guys. So Brain Kevin Brain can call you call you up. Eighteen years old. Love it. He, <laughs> I think he needs a little more seasoning. He's hitting two hundred. I think I think I'll trade him. I think he's a great prospect. And go look up Cam Collier. We don't talk about prospects much here on the on the riverfront. Uh but so go look him up. He's incredible. The guy's gonna be good. And I wish that I hadn't uh made a joke about him being a bust uh, on Twitter that he liked. He liked the tweet. That wasn't that. That wasn't a good time. I deleted that tweet. Uh, but it, but the guys, he's g- g- potentially going to be great. But he's you know like fourteen years old. I, at some point, those are the guys you trade to fill in the gaps on the big yeah. league roster. And yeah. and maybe we're closer to the point where you have to start filling in those gaps than I thought we were. You you get an outfielder like if you can trade from your depth to get an outfielder. Oh yeah, and then. God forbid, a open up the uh, uh, open up the purse uh, purse strings in the off season and bring in a, a non um, Luke Weaver, non Mike Miner starting pitcher. You know, a guy who's actually Marcus useful. Stroman. What's that? Marcus Stroman. Um, I, I was thinking Shohei Otani. Oh yeah, Sully, Sully me, Sully me. <laughs> let's let's throw out a hypothetical where Spencer steers your left fielder. Uh, T.J. Friedel's center field and some form of Will Benson, Jake Fraley are filling up right field. 
starting pitching is the only giant gaping hole that you have. How far do you go down the prospect pipeline to fill those gaps? Are you willing to move a Noel de Marte, who yeah, is yes. crushing? Was that was it the, the the player of the month or something down there? He, he, he he's moved. putting up similar numbers in Double A that LA put put up in Triple A. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm huge on Marte. I think that it's like, I think he's gonna be, he's gonna be really, it's gonna really be good. good. But Nick Crawl has, if anything, if only this one thing, has shown that he can get a good return. Now like- he has not shown that he can get major league players in return. So yeah. that's something that I'm interested in, hopefully figuring out. I don't think. Uh... I don't think the big guy is too necessarily nervous about that, though. I mean, if you think about the prospects they traded for Matt Latos, was like at the time we were like, "Oh my God, they're trading Yonder Alonso and Brad Boxberger and Yusmani Grandal." Like, yeah. what are they doing? And like Matt Latos, second half of 2012 through like early 2014 was pretty awesome. Not as a person, yeah, not as a person, no, but like a Twitter follow, yeah, bag of something, yeah, but like. You know, I don't think the bid guys necessarily going to care about trading. Like, you know, if you can go get a guy, like, I think a really good gift for the Reds could potentially be like a Kyle Freeland from Colorado, right? Because he pitches really well in that ballpark, and the Rockies are awful. Um, so that, that's I think he's a guy you could put in that potential rotation to be like the back end. Sonny Gray, like Zachary's saying, like I'm all for Sonny Gray coming back to Cincinnati. I don't care what it is, I just want him back. Yeah, please, no. My whole thing has been, this has been my consistent since 2007 when I first uh, recorded a podcast here, uh, is that I, for minor leaguers, I don't care except in w- terms of what they can deliver for the big league team. And so, Noel V. Marte, I actually, I'm, I'm a big believer. I mean, I think the guy's yeah. legit. Yeah. Um, but he hasn't done the big leagues yet. And so, if you can get somebody that I know will contribute in the big leagues, if you can get a a, a, a good starter, if you can get I, whoever, I don't know. I'm always okay with trading everyone except for the greatest player in the history of the world, Will Benson. Trade everyone else should be available. Um, I don't want them to trade Noel Marte. I think he could be a big part of the next kind of phase here. But I don't have any. I don't have any issues with trading Noel Marte or trading Cam Collier or Edwin Arroyo or. Connor Phillips, as, as Dwight uh, Kelly uh, mentions, who is a great – he's right. He's a great-looking pitching yeah. prospect. Um, but I don't have any problem with trading any of those guys because the whole idea, although the Reds have not really shown that this is sort of a – you know, uh, takes primacy for them, the whole thing is big league wins. Yeah. So yep. put, put – fill the – you, you bring you, – you cannot build a team just on prospects. At some point, you got to fill in the gaps where those prospects haven't panned out, and they have a little bit of uh, of capital, some assets they can can trade. And so, I, again, I, it's not that I want these guys to be traded, but I don't have a problem with the Reds trading any of those. And at this point, I, this is going to turn into a Nick Crawl uh, fan podcast because um, he's my he's my favorite general manager in the, at least the last two years of Cincinnati Reds baseball. Well, I so, think that's, that's really funny. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's really not. No, it's but not. you know, you bring up this point of like use your stock, use your inventory to improve the big league club. Um, look no further than the team in the other in the other dugout from them right now. Yeah. I mean, this is what the Dodgers do. They draft well, they develop well, and when they need to get guys, they move those guys. Yeah, get players. Like 
you know, like look what they traded for Mookie Betts. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and Mookie Betts isn't the Mookie Betts of like three or four years ago, but uh, I think I think twenty nine other teams would love to have him in their outfield or at shortstop occasionally somehow, and he's really good at that too. Yeah. But my point is, um, also look what the Dodgers spent this off season. Almost yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Just, it's not apples. Apples here. But I love that point. I was going to make it myself. It's exactly it. You fill in the gaps with talent. You spend money to supplement your development, and you compete year after year. Well, let me – and I hate to do this, but I've got to say this, and then I'll let you all take it. But this is the issue where I'm hesitant because the Castellini-era Reds have never taken that next step to actually spend money. Not that they've never spent money, but they've never taken the step to spend the money to fill in those gaps when you're close. And I hope it's a new era. I hope, but I don't think they've ever really taken the steps to really truly make them a competitive team. One year that I can throw out that I think they did was when they got, um, um, wow, holy crap, uh, Chew. Like, oh, yeah. They, they needed more on base. You know, they, they needed a, an outfielder who got on base. Uh, Stubbs wasn't doing it, and, and they got Shinsu Chu. And that's, you know, that, that was – 2013. Yeah, final piece, but I mean that was the time was where, you know, they, had, on this they had uh I mean they had guys elsewhere. Um and, and and they needed that extra outfielder. And yeah, the season didn't, you know, didn't end the way we expected to, but um I but yeah, that, that, that was ten years ago. God, remember when they yeah. signed Ryan Ludwig and we were like, Holy crap, they got a power bat? Hi Sydney. <laughs> Good friend Sydney. Sydney, everyone's friend. Sydney is with us. Um, Sydney was at the game yeah. tonight. I was trying to hang out with us. The game. Sydney almost got a home run balls. Fun to watch. Is that right? She, was, she was. She was got that Freddie Freeman grand salami. Throw it <laughs> back. back. Throw, Throw it back. back. That guy's so good. But yeah, I mean, this, this this is the thing, right? You have to commit to the plan. I, I keep hearing that there is a plan. I keep hearing from other Reds podcasts that we have been told that 2024 is the year they're going to try to contend. I haven't heard that. I haven't read it. I don't know where that news is coming from. I hope Did it's true. see what David Bell said today? I don't know what David Bell said. It usually starts with an F and is four letters long. Yeah, well, there's, <laughs> there's that. Let me pull up what good friend Charlie Goldsmith tweeted today because I have to David Bell quick. doesn't make the decisions that at least appease my level of fandom. I need – True, but I – I like what he said though, because I'm too. a sucker for the, I'm what, a sucker what do you say? What do you say? He said that it's obvious we're going for it, but we're also doing what's best for these players. Yeah. Paraphrase. Okay, well, uh, here's my response to that. What's obvious about them going for it? Luke uh, Weaver in his 6.3 ERA? I'm obvious that's Nate. not going for it. I'm I actually we're trying to have fun. On, I'm higher on Luke Weaver than most. I think that he is you perfectly are? serviceable. What I'm trying to figure about Luke Weaver is he's worn the same Jordan one cleats every start and they're not dirty. What is, what is going on there? How is this possible? Goodwill player always knows how to get his uniform dirty. Um, <laughs> but I guess that, that, that's my question. How do we, as James Urban just said, how do we trust this team to fill in the gaps? I yeah. If they came out and said, Hey, we don't expect to contend this year. So we're going to just see what we have. I'm willing to believe it. I, I would just love for them to say something. I would have loved to have seen Ellie up last weekend. I would love to see Christian and Canal Strand up right now. 
because I think that here, this Zach, Zach, Zachary McGee says right here, we all thought I agree. it would be 2024 going in 2025. Well, the NL Central is terrible. The yeah. window opens sooner. I think it's up to Nick Crawl and the Castellanis to, to maximize it. Well, this this isn't like they don't need to mortgage the future. This isn't like they need to go right. out. And, you know, I mean, the future is here. You trade guys that are superfluous. I mean, again, Novi Marte looks like he's going to make himself to be a, like a, a solid major league player. They don't need him. Like, he's going to play what? He's going to be a third baseman. So is Ellie. So is Spencer Steer. So is Encarnacio and Strand. So is Senzel. Jonathan India. Jonathan India. Yeah. I mean, they, like, yeah. Uh, um, Arroyo, another middle infielder. Yeah. These guys can be moved, but so, so, or you can trade these guys, you know, that have, you know, a, a certain value before the need. Like, the, the, you can go, again, not all in. Like, it's, I don't even know what all in is for this team, yeah. but um, now's the time to strike. I mean, you can put yourself in a position to contend today and for the next five years. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you know, you've got green around. I mean, he's the only guy who's got a guaranteed contract after, you know, guaranteed any money to be on the roster after, uh, after this season. Um, again, I, I want to see them start put, uh, extending more players, but um, I mean, L- window L- if they make two deals this one is open 2023 to 2030 well you know here's the thing first of all number one we this is something we've said a million times you should never ever 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 trust this ownership and this no. management they've, they've given us no reason to trust them now but that does not mean that you shouldn't be optimistic that you shouldn't uh um, you know, uh, hope for the best, I guess, but because this team really truly is in a point where if they make the right decisions, and again, they've never made the right decisions. I hope they do. And they may, because we've seen some encouraging signs in yeah. recent years, um, in recent months, really. But uh, so I'm not saying they, they won't or they can't, but um, they never have. But if they hope is hope is not a strategy, Sydney. Uh, if you're not watching us live here, uh, you're missing the, the comments. Why aren't you joining Sydney, us? Sydney, don't egg him on. Don't give him any credence. Yes, thank you, Sydney. You, I know you're you're on my on my uh, team. Um, I, but what I'm saying is a well-run organization, we talked about the Dodgers earlier, a well-run organization, organization could take this team as they are right now. It, I mean, if you put the Tampa Bay Rays leadership in, uh, in charge of the Reds right now, or the Dodgers, they're at a point where they absolutely could turn this into something special. Yeah. And and whether I mean something special in terms of like Big Red Machine, I know, or just yeah. something special in terms of those of us that have suffered for 30 years and <clears throat> it, almost anything could be special to us at this point. I don't know the what that is, but there really is, there's a moment here. There's a, there's a moment in time where this team could turn the corner. And maybe I'm just being overly optimistic. I got my rose-colored glasses on, but um, I want to believe that it could happen. And I hope that it happens. Yeah. We, we just watched the biggest Reds prospect in maybe ever debut and perform. Um, this team is not out of any division race or a wild card race. 
at this point in the season, which we thought like, there were plenty. We didn't think that though. Plenty of people thought this could be a hundred loss team. No, we didn't. We didn't. To be clear, we always said that was probably not. I bet the over. I literally, literally bet. I said ninety losses, seventy-two and ninety. Yeah, we all four of us were were. We did not want Chad to have to get a tattoo. All I'm saying (laughs) is, not that one. All I'm saying is, (laughs) David Bell, don't tell me that you're positive we're going for it until the twenty-six best players are on the big league club. And the nine best players on a given night are starting. Because I have Kevin not seen that. Kevin, yeah. Kevin Newman alert. That's the, that's the last piece of the puzzle for me. Is Even if the front office isn't going to go out and get those guys, if ownership doesn't want to spend, that's okay. We can't control that. Yeah. We can't get mad about that. That just is what it is. But I would love to see the people that do have control over the day-to-day making the best decisions. I would love to see Kevin Newman being the utility man that he should be. I would love to see Christian Encarnacion Strand in the big league lineup. I would love to see, this is not somebody else's decision, it's his and his alone, Joseph Daniel Votto at somewhere between two and five and carrying this lineup to a wild card chase in September because a wild card chase in September is more fun than I've had more than like four seasons of my entire life. Let's go. Uh, I'm also still throwing out there. I know everyone disagrees with me. I want the missile back in this bullpen. I think it'd just be so fun for this final run. He's needed. I, I don't know what it'll take to get him, but he's needed. I can't imagine it would take much because the Royals are already shopping him. There was there there was an article. Wait, 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 I'm sorry. Hold on. But Joe, pause for a second. Who, who are you talking about? Just so, for those that are listening, who do you mean by the missile? Wasn't that Kadri Ismail? Wasn't that uh, Rocket Ismail's <laughs> younger brother? Rocket Ismail. <laughs> I want to roll to Chapman back. I think we, we don't know what we're going to get from Reaver San Martin, one, health-wise, and two, as a pitcher. And we need we've, a lefty. We've yeah. seen what he's doing. We've seen what he's doing in Kansas City, who has a smaller ballpark than our – well, close in size, <laughs> I should say. Yeah. Um, and he's getting lefties out. Joe, I interrupted you. Go ahead and, and oh, you're fine. There. Um, there's an article that that um, that I read about Chapman that they're looking to pair him. They're they're trying to. I mean, obviously, everyone's trying to do this. At, at how much of it's real? But um, that they're wanting to uh, maximize their return and pair him with like another reliever or another starter, so they get more back, or that they clear more, you know, clear salary with the deal. Um, I honestly, yeah, I, I, he's only making what three and a half. He's, he's not making a ton of money. Yeah, I don't much. think it'll take much, uh, to get him, you know, whether they want him back or not. Um, above Will Myers I, for oldest Chapman, let's do it. There you go. Um, like Kylo said, like, I hope they have a plan. The Reds have a plan. The problem is, it has never been the Reds don't have the plan. The problem is, will the Reds see the plan to fruition? Um, again, I, we we all pretty are pretty sure that Bob doesn't have enough wits about him to screw up a plan, but somebody can. Um, it, it's whether you know, again, it's whether they let they had the patience to let this plan. Like you decided to let the kids play, you know, you decided to let the, you know to bring the kids up. Um, they're bringing them one, you know, up one at a time, or you know, what whatever the the plan is. Um, yeah, uh, Ellie was only brought up because Senzel was injured, but Ellie was going to be. Ellie was coming up before, yeah. uh, uh, if not before Father's Day, before first day of uh, summer. I mean, he was, you know, shortlist coming up. He's not going back down. Um, just see it through. Just 
whatever your plan is, stick with it and don't make it to be the raise plan because the raise plan is not replicable unless you, and, and, unless you go out and have like a dream um, headhunter that knows where to uh, mine to find all of these brilliant minds to throw, you know, uh, to throw in the organization that, that work at player development that work, you know, uh, in the front office. I don't trust the Reds have those guys. Don't try to be the Rays. Try to be the the Guardians. I mean, they draft, develop as well yeah, as anybody. Right. And, and, and if the Guardians spent any money Good at point. all, like they, they'd have a juggernaut. They do an awesome job at uh, uh, development and drafting. I mean, how many pitchers have they had that's come up and they've traded? I mean, every year there's another stud starting pitcher in that uh, in that uh, rotation. Now they struggle with uh, they struggle with bats for twenty years, but that's who you want to strive for, not the Rays, because that's not. You, you can't replicate that. that. That's they're the Dodgers without the Dodgers, you know, without any money. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out one more thing. And then I think I'm just about, just about done for the night. We're over an hour and five minutes here at this point. But we're having so what much I'm gonna fun. I'm going to say is, well, I'm having too much fun and I have to go do the job that pays me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it is June 6th. Um, on a season that we all thought was lost from the get go. Perhaps we didn't think this team was going to lose 100 games, but we certainly had no expectations of contending in any fashion going into the 2023 season. It's June 6th. The Cincinnati Reds are five games out in the NL Central. They're four and a half games out of the wild card. In the last three weeks, they have brought up their two best offensive prospects. They have debuted their best performing pitching prospect and their most highly rated pitching prospect, maybe highest two rated if you count the Levi Stout cup of coffee. Christian Incarnation Strand is knocking on the door. Jonathan India is playing better than he did in his rookie of the year season. And Joey Votto is going to be back any minute. This season has been exceeded expectations on such a level. That it will blow your yep. mind and some exceedingly mediocre city connect jerseys. I mean, awesome city connect jerseys. <laughs> you watch your mouth, Dotson. That's a do- that's a dope hat, though. It's a dope hat, Tim. Um, let me. I want each of you to have your final sort of final thought here. But let me before I toss it to you. Let me just say this. Um, Nate's mentioned Joey Votto like fifteen times tonight. And hashtag don't forget. We're talking about the kids, but I would give anything to see him come and join this crew and be that veteran guy and have another great season. But I guess my thought is this. My, my idea for tonight was we're going to talk about Ellie. And we did. We're going to talk about Andrew Abbott. We did a little bit. Matt McLean, barely. Spencer Steer, barely. We didn't even mention TJ Hopkins, who made his big debut. Yeah. debut. Uh, Brandon Williamson, you know, who's been better than any of us could have expected. So far this season, you know, how about these pitchers that are not rookies, but second year guys, Alexis Diaz, Hunter Green, Graham Ashcraft, Nicola Dolo. Uh, we talk about Will, Will Benson, Hunter Christian Incarn- Green. Yeah, we I mean, just sorry, it's just, um, here we go. Uh, Steve Offenbaker, this is it right here. As, as Reds Steve. fans, we <laughs> love Steve from the Locked On Reds podcast. Go listen to them, absolutely. Uh, every single day, but you know, maybe it's because we've been beaten down by so many bad seasons, but I don't talk funny, Steve, but 
What a time to be alive. For real. I mean, this is why we've had so many times we've been, we've complained and we whined and we've been negative because there's nothing else to do on this show. But um, I like the fact that we have, there's a reason for optimism. And so I guess that what I would encourage Reds fans going forward is enjoy it a little bit, have some optimism. Don't, you know, we, we're the, you know, sell a team, Bob, screw this or That's ownership guys, not me. group, <laughs> but, but, and I still, uh, the castings are garbage, but you know what? Um, I've decided to try to have fun when I can have fun. So anyway, that's sort of my final thing. Let's let's go around the table. We'll start you with uh, with you, Joe. Final thoughts here before we get out of here. Um, just make sure that everyone the Louisville bats are going to be okay. They won six to five today. Ankarnasi on Strand three for four, another home run. Uh, Votto zero for five. That's not concerning, but um, I hope he can get everything together. Um, yeah, just came off the screen, right? I shouldn't have been here anyway. No, this is a fun team. Again, who, I I don't expect them to win the wild card. I don't expect them to make the playoffs. They could tank and lose 90, you know, have 95 lost season. It's going to be fun just watching these kids figure it out. Again, I, I think it's a great idea to bring them all up at the same time. Let them grow together as a group. Um, not a lot of these guys have spent a ton of time together. I mean, guys through trades, uh, Ellie rocketed through the system these aren't guys that have a ton of time playing together um outside of mclean and ellie um letting them grow together as a group i think is a great way to kind of build more uh more camaraderie you know these guys are going to be around for a long time um this year to me and especially with ellie to bring it around to my Bengals show um this is the 2020 Bengals. The Reds just brought up Joe Burrow. Um, still have a lot of holes, still have a lot of things to fix around them, but you're seeing the pieces that are going to make, and hey, maybe they're going to win the World Series next year or go go to the World Series, but um, you're seeing the pieces come together of, yeah, there was crap, but coming out of the crap, there's a bright light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not a train. Love yeah, absolutely. Tim, your final thoughts? Um, look, we've been kind of talking about it the whole time, but if you think when you look in that dugout, this team doesn't think these guys on the field, not what ownership says, not what the GM says, these guys in the field don't think they can make a run of the central. Don't, don't worry about it because I think these guys really believe they can make a run yeah. and this is super fun. So like, look, if this team is like 77 and 85 and wins the central, I don't care. That's two home games at GABP. I'm going to enjoy everything I possibly can. I'm never going to take a good red scene for granted ever again. And um, the Riverfront's the best Reds podcast in the world out there. And you should join us each and every week for both of our shows. And Joe's show's really good, too. Absolutely. Nate! Thank you for that, Tim. Nate! All right, a few things. One, Stephen Offenbaker, the homie um, from Locked on Reds. Uh, so glad that you got to be in attendance for this game. Well, oh yeah, lives in Hawaii. Aloha, Stephen. Trip to Cincinnati <laughs> to watch the Reds play and got to see Ellie's debut. That's awesome. That's the first thing I want to say. Second thing is, a lot of people say that Tim Daniel looks like Steve's co-host, <laughs> Jeff Clark. I think it's been a while. I haven't is, thought about that. 
the much better looking version of Jeff Carr. So I want to throw that out there. Riverfront got the better looking of the two. My Three guys, <laughs> this this is fun. Yeah. As we all know, being a Reds fan is not often fun. And we've had a full season of fun baseball. It's only getting more fun by the prospect. Um, just enjoy it. I mean, challenge to the Castellines in the front office. Let's, let's try to go for it. Let's, let's try to maximize this roster. But to the fans, enjoy the highs, enjoy the lows, because when you're basing your expectations on a team full of young guys, there's going to be a lot of lows. There's going to be some cold streaks. But let's just keep it going. This has been a lot of fun. Ab- absolutely. You know, I guess the way I would end this is that um, you can be realistic about this team. You can be upset about ownership and the way they've really screwed things up over the last, you know, two, since 2006. So the last you know, uh, 17 years, they've really screwed things up. But and, and I've always tried to be honest about how to analyze this show and, and or this team on the show. And you, you can do all that. But that doesn't mean you can't also be excited when there are fun times because baseball is supposed to be fun. I, I watch baseball because I like baseball and I want to enjoy it. And I want to find reasons to be, to be happy, to be excited. And so, yes, maybe we've gone overboard a little bit with the Ellie De La Cruz stuff. Maybe we are, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll look back in five years and say, well, we were kind of out of our skis there. But I don't care because, again, baseball is supposed to be fun. Tonight, June the 6th, 2023, was a fun night to be a fan of the Cincinnati Reds National League Baseball Club. And at this point in my life, I don't take that for granted because there's been few of those over the last three decades. And so enjoy it, smile, laugh, have fun, um, and, and, and support this team, you know, Cheer for them and watch them. They're going to be fun. They may not be good. I don't know. Maybe they are good. We'll find out in the next three months. But they're definitely going to be interesting. They're definitely going to be fun. And so, I don't know. It's been a good night. Thanks to all of you for joining us. Thanks to, uh, uh, you know, uh, gosh, I'm just blown away by the the fun we have with the the Riverfront crew. Um, Thanks to Tim Daniels from – uh, what's the name of your show? Oh, yeah, Late Night Reds here at the Riverfront. Thanks to Joe Farsing, the Riverfront Bengals show. Man, that show, if, if you're if you're a Bengals fan, you're not listening to that. What's what's going on? It's it's a great time. Last week's show was so good. It was so oh, good. It's, it really was. It gets better. At, oh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it gets better every week. We got a lot um, better when we cut bait from the uh, uh, flotsam and jetsam <laughs> of a certain nope. uh, yeah. individual. We're not going to mention any names, but um, no, it's it's great. Uh, Nate Dotson, he and I, we have so much fun every week on uh, on the Riverfront Show here. Um, it's a fun time to be a fan of the Cincinnati Reds, the Cincinnati Bengals. We got we have to get a FC Cincinnati show going on because they're oh, even better than both they, of them. They've been historically <laughs> great, <laughs> right? Yes. So uh, and, and they will start an FC Cincinnati show. Hit us up. Team at RiverfrontCincy.com. Team at RiverfrontCincy.com. Hey, shout out to Adam Dunn. Shouts to Lisa Alberto, Wayne Krenchicki. Shouts to Eli Cash. And shouts to the best number 44 in Cincinnati Reds history. 
Cody Reed, for Nate Dawson, for Tim Daniel, for Joe Farsing. This is Chad Dawson saying so long, everyone.